0: Welcome to the Voice of Retail. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, and this podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. Retail in China looks completely different from any retail we know here in North America. Mobile payments account for four out of every five transactions, thanks to innovative applications like WeChat. This app is so ingrained in Chinese culture, nearly 90% of citizens use it. Many young people have never used cash in their lifetimes. This provides a massive opportunity for companies to participate in the Chinese market, whether it be here in Canada or internationally via e commerce.
1: But we can also, one of the core confidence we have, is to take your brand into the WeChat ecosystem. For any of my colleagues that are listening, uh, they'll realize that that is not an easy thing to do unless you know how to do it.
0: Today's guest is Martin McCann, Chief Growth Officer at OTT Pay. We have an interesting conversation about how important WeChat is to the Chinese community and how OTT Pay enables Canadian retailers to seamlessly integrate into WeChat and unlock this vast potential. Let's listen in. Martin, welcome to the Voice of Retail podcast. How are you doing this afternoon?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and speak with you, Michael.
0: I've always really been interested slash fascinated in in payment, and it sounds like a fun thing to be fascinated about, but it's really trying to understand this new payment way that uh, merchants can engage with whole new audiences in a whole new way. So listen, I'm excited to jump in. So why don't we start at the beginning? Tell us about yourself. Who are you, uh, your background, and what you do at OTT Pay?
1: Sure. Great question. Um, Who am I? You could categorize me as a career payments person. I've been very fortunate um, to see the advancement of payments over the last uh, 30 years or so. I know I'm I'm dating myself a little bit there. Um, I've worked for processors. I worked for processors before there were processors and there were banks. I worked for payment brands. I've worked for software uh, companies, hardware manufacturers. I've worked for startups. I've worked for uh, Fortune 500 companies, um, and I've also been very fortunate enough to work uh, in the Canadian market, but also the U.S. market uh, as part of the EMV conversion. And I've managed uh, sales teams uh, across the globe. So I've been, again, very lucky that I've been able to see payments from a from a global uh,
0: perspective. It really is a bit of a specialty, right? Because it, behind the scenes, it's one of those. In my mind, it's always been that technology that you know you tap your card and magic happens and money changes hands. But there's a lot. That goes on behind the scenes, right? So you really need years, I would suspect, in, in the in the space to understand and be able to articulate and, and explain it all, right?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Because a lot of people, you know, my parents will ask me, what do you do? <laughs> um, do we know when you put your credit card in that machine? And i will say yes. I say, well, then I pick it up and I run with it from there. I've, I've been able to see the evolution of payments right mm. back when we had the knuckle busters where I used to imprint uh, yeah, yeah. onto a sales draft. Through the introduction of authorization draft capture, uh, even part of the pilot of the launch of Interact, uh, in Ottawa mm-hmm. and the movement of Magstripe to EMV, and Google and Apple Pay, and then the explosion of TAP, uh, in pre-COVID. Uh, and I'm now really looking forward to impacts of things like real-time payments, the impact that further insertion of a lot of these new disruptor technologies are going to do to the, to the payment space
0: it's a really great opportunity to explain kind of how the rails work and how this works because it's particularly uh, interesting so why don't we, why don't we talk about who is ott pay and and uh, who, who is the company give us a, a sense of the genesis of them and and their scale and scope and and all that great stuff
1: absolutely so um ott pay uh, and for those that are interested OTT actually stands for one two three we want um, our product and services to be as easy as as one two three a so we're a Canadian company. We're based in Toronto. We were the lead uh, in bringing Chinese uh, digital payments uh, into Canada. Uh, we were uh, just about five years old now, with our parent company, OTT Financial, being just over about 14 years old now. We've got about 100 employees across the country. Um, we actually purchased the old Wrigley factory uh, down on Leslie Street in Toronto. So we've got a great view mm. of uh, Sunnybrook Park and we've converted that into our, our Canadian uh, head office. The best way to describe OTT Pay, so we're a processor, which is a terminal, a, a term that most retailers would obviously know. Uh, processor of electronic transactions at face value, but, but we're, we're, we're more than that. So obviously we do Visa and MasterCard and Interact, what we refer to as traditional Western payments. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, um, there's two other core competencies that we have. One of them is, is based in QR, uh, QR code based technology, uh, the quick response code, and then the other core competency we have is uh, marketing and selling uh, to the Chinese consumer, uh, both in Canada or in Canada, China, uh, and and around the, the world. The value add or what we think makes us different than your typical processor is we enable merchants to integrate Chinese mobile payments through uh, QR based technology into their uh, existing platform. Uh, payment offerings. And we we offer uh, both e-com and marketing service that are specifically catered towards uh, the Chinese community, both in Canada and around the world. So if I was to summarize it, I'd say that, you know, we work with retailers of all kinds in brick and mortar, all shapes and sizes and e-com and, and, and to integrate Chinese mobile payments like WeChat Pay, Alipay, um, China Union Pay into what their existing offering is today.
0: Well, that's a good segue into my next question. Um, let's parse the rest of the discussion in two directions. The first direction is just un- unpacking for everyone. You've, you've mentioned a couple times Chinese payments, Chinese mobile payments. What is that? So, let's that's one thread of my line of questioning. And the other thread is just about the Chinese consumer market, whether it's here domestically in Canada or internationally. So, let's start with the beginning. What 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 is Chinese mobile mobile payments? Isn't it, it what? How and how is it different from Visa? You mentioned, you know. Alipay, Tmall, really unpack that for us and and help us understand why those are different and how those transactions happen uh, in in Canada.
1: I've been with OTT Pay for for nearly two two years now, and um, and all the confusion about what is this is really based in, as Westerners, we're used to Visa, MasterCard, and Interact. You almost have to unlearn a little bit or uh, what you know about those, and then open your mind up to this this new this new payment type. There's two terms that are used. You'll hear the term Chinese digital payment. Uh, we don't use China Chinese mobile payment anymore because it's limiting. that mm-hmm. uh, it almost implies you have to have a you just have to have a phone or only work on a phone. So we've used the term Chinese digital payment because it truly is an omnichannel approach. Again, the, the it's different than what we Number one is based on the QR code, which is a quick response code, which is a Without getting into too much detail, it's a, it's a 1990 technology that was originally created uh, out of Japan for the automotive industry for identifying inventory.
0: I thought the QR code had seen its day. It's On a side note, it's so funny to have the renaissance of the QR code because it's this ugly little thing that for about five years found its way in the most unusual places. And everyone, oh, thank God that's gone. There's no use for it anyway. But then now it's had its renaissance and it's really found a great home yeah. in payments and other things, right?
1: Yeah, and you're starting to see... Uh, Visas and the Mastercard started to adopt it. A lot of it's been driven by the fact that it's content. You don't need a physical card. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some security features that are in there. Other benefits that, that, that can be used with it as well. But you're absolutely right. It's um, it's a rehash of an old of an old, uh, of an old uh, technology.
0: But it's very effective. for many and for many years you needed um, in its early days you needed a QR reader on your mobile device, which was another thing to download and open up. But now it, it just works when you just you know open up your camera. Right? That's exactly. been another big. Step forward.
1: A QR scanner is, is simply a camera. So everyone, so all the phones are all the phones are already equipped to uh, to do it. And then the new, the next generation of point of sales machines that uh, retailers are using come with uh, a, a scanner or sort camera.
0: Okay, so I'm, I'm a blank slate. I have forgotten about Visa, Mastercard, and, and all that.
1: Brands. Okay. There are, are, are several of them, but the, the biggest ones. The, the names that we hear most about are, are WeChat Pay, uh, Ali Pay. And we all know China Union Pay because they've had a presence in Canada with the EMV card for over 20 years, but they also have a QR code based service called UPI, which is uh, Union Pay International. So WeChat Pay, Alipay and UPI QR code are the biggest uh, providers of the service. But before you understand how it's actually used, you have to know a little bit more about how the Chinese consumer behaves or how they, the behavior that they've learned and how they want to replicate that. Uh, in Canada. So I'd encourage the listeners to, to go online and Google WeChat and WeChat page. There's lots of five minute videos to give you a feel for just how powerful the platform is within the Chinese, the Chinese community. Imagine for a second uh, we combined Google, Twitter, Snapchat, eBay, Amazon, all the platforms that uh, as North Americans we talk constantly toggle back and forth um, between. A daily, daily basis that's called WeChat. And then, with, when you're in this all social platform, doing everything that we do today, you need to buy something, there's an app in there, and it's called WeChat Pay. And this system ingrained in, in the Chinese culture. So, I'll use a bit of a pre-COVID example here. So, if you were in a mall and you went to the food court and you identified a group of people as, as being Asian, and that group of people happened to be Chinese and they were all on their phones, there's probably about a 95% chance they're in WeChat ecosystem. Uh, it's that dominant. And for any of our listeners that, that, that are Chinese or have Chinese friends, they can they can validate everything that I'm saying to you. It's a very, very powerful mechanism that Chinese people use. So they're used to using that, and they're used to paying while they're inside of that mechanism by WeChat Pay, Alipay, or, or uh, EPI QR code.
0: So, now spin, spin, the, spin the lens around quickly just a little bit. So if I'm a, 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 a user of, of WeChat Pay, is it hooked up on the back end to my bank account? Like how does that money flow?
1: Yeah, so there's so there's some nuances. Sorry, I cannot get a WeChat Pay account because it's tied to a Chinese bank account. I'm not Chinese. Um, so the only people who can use WeChat Pay, Alipay, et cetera, are Chinese nationals. You have to have a bank account
0: mm-hmm. in
1: China. So one of the benefits of it is it allows Chinese people greater access to their money because there are some restrictions on how much physical money they them to electronically access all of their money in China. So what the result of all this is that China has been going cashless before going cashless was kind of cool. You, again, when you can search this on YouTube. There are cases on there of, of children, young people shopping who've never, ever, ever used cash. And as a result, many merchants won't accept cash. They'll only accept WeChat Pay, Alipay Pay, in China, and China Union Pay. Imagine if you or I were in China and it's time to eat or you want to do some shopping. We have a limited amount of currency on us. Perhaps there's a language barrier. And you look around and you see a Visa logo in a store window. Well, you or I would easily feel much more comfortable. We would feel, hey, I can go in and really spend in my... Capabilities
0: and uh, it's safe. You, you'd assume it was safe too, right? You'd assume okay, Visa, they're a Visa merchant, and and so exactly. I can safely transact. That would be my assumption anywhere in the world, right?
1: You that brand represents something to you. So flip that on its head and apply it to a Chinese consumer who sees a WeChat logo uh, on a on a retailer in, in, in Toronto. So what we're trying to do is is assist retailers in creating that environment.
0: So it becomes it becomes they the chinese consumer whether international or domestically feels comfortable transacting with
1: exactly and again and and when i say about but that visa logo it, it can be virtual it can be an e-com website yeah yeah, so yeah right, for example right. air, air canada as an example accepts wechat now we pay that when you, when you go to buy your ticket check out payment those logos appear on there
0: and that's done via the qr code on the website is that right
1: yep there'll be a qr code on there and then you would just scan it with your phone
0: wow all right well let's talk about the second side of this uh, the second side of the album so to speak the, the, not the b side but the other a side which is how big uh, an audience are we talking about like you know if, yeah. if we're thinking i mean right now we're pretty much talking domestic chinese consumers because there's no international travel uh, that will resolve itself next year but how big is the opportunity here in canada i mean why can't they just you know as a community would they they would likely have a visa or mastercard a traditional payment like is a how big is the opportunity and, and B uh, even domestically, why is it an advantage to retailers to offer yet another payment type?
1: Yeah. So there's, there's two parts to your question is, is kind of who are the constituents in the marketplace mm-hmm. and Hey, listen, I got a visa. Why do I need to use this? Yeah. Um, the first question is there's basically four groups. Uh, you identified one of them as a Chinese traveler to Canada and always also the Chinese traveler within Canada. Uh, obviously, covid
0: is covid is what has essentially wiped that out. Yeah, for now, for now. Yeah.
1: The next group is Chinese students in Canada. Uh, uh, there's close to about 200,000 of them here now.
0: Well, wow, really yeah. still, eh?
1: There's their 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 consumption. There's the Chinese Canadian community. a mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. uh, very large part of the of the Canadian mosaic. Uh, the Chinese community. And the fourth, the fourth category is any Chinese consumer can access the retailers website anywhere in the world so mm. part of what we offer is brick and mortar but we can also one of the core capabilities we have is to take your brand into the wechat ecosystem for any of my colleagues that are listening uh, they'll realize that that is not an easy thing to do unless you know how to do it so as an example to, to get onto wechat's ecosystem you have to have a wechat official account it takes about a year to get one if you don't know what you're doing
0: yeah, well, it's, it kind of circles back to the beginning of the conversation. These things seem easy, but they're far from it, right?
1: Exactly, and that's part of the value I that that we offer. We're we're a Canadian company, but we have very strong roots uh, uh, in China. So,
0: so, so what you're saying, and it's it's it, I want to stick on this point for a bit because, of course, we have no Chinese nationals visiting us here to explore a country. I think it was something like eight hundred thousand came in yeah. 2018. The last numbers, like it's a huge destination, so they can't come here. Uh, but what I think you're saying is that they can shop from China on sites, uh, Canadian sites via WeChat and pay with their preferred tender type. Is that a, am I getting that right?
1: Exactly. And if you use the Chinese, if you use the Chinese traveler as an example, a lot of times they pre-book. Um, so they'll, they'll pre-book their hotel for they come here and they'll do that in, within the WeChat ecosystem. Mm, so gotcha. by the same kind of same token, they can also shop within there. So we can pay the retailer brand, uh, and there's some specialized there's, there's some specialized vehicles that you use to go in because the buying patterns a little bit western uh, patterns and, and, and um, it's a little bit too much detail to get into on here, but they're marketing tools that we have and we use um, mm. that we can take them into China with. The other thing I just wanted to point out is, is so let, let's talk about okay, so travel is travel iss going to pause for, for a little while. Let's just talk about the uh, kind of domestic opportunity, which is a Chinese student, and the, uh, the Chinese-Canadian uh, community. And, and I'd also like to add a sizable chunk of our processing business was travel. Um, you know, we have a, we have relationships with travel tourism, Montreal tourism, Niagara tourism, all those play. you know, Ripley's, the ROM, obviously all, all that. Uh, our processing business has come gr- to a grinding halt. However, our volume year-to-year year is up, year-over-year year wow. up. Wow. So obviously, a lot of us e and there's a misconception in the brick and mortar world is that okay, it's only Chinese merchants that want this, like Chinese restaurants, Chinese grocery stores, bubble tea shops. That's not so. They're, they are very interested, and they're very, very important and heavy users. But the view that viewing the market like that's very limiting. The market is anyone who sells the Chinese consumers interested. For example: We've got several national furniture chains that accept mm-hmm. WeChat Pay today.
0: Wow, and now is uh, there is, is there a tra- so is there a transaction limit? Like I know in the conventional world, there's not. It, the limit is uh, is at the consumer level, right?
1: Exactly. So it's, it's at the it's at the consumer at the consumer level.
0: So, you know, when you, you kind of transitioned into uh, where I want to go for the listeners, which is okay. So you've got everyone interested, if they're if or at least way more informed around this opportunity. How hard is it to do? Uh, as a retailer how long does it take and and they've got you they call you up and they say martin i want this i, lo- I love this idea um how long is it going to take and how much is it going to cost you know what it give you some broad indications kind of order of magnitude of these things
1: sure so on the on the technology side because that's that's a key decision that the retailer will make like how hard how difficult is it for me to implement into my current process so a lot of us have battle scars for um that we've had to go through in implementing, you know, moving from Magstripe to EMV or you know, adding this or adding that in traditional Western payment. The way we've designed everything is, is very, very straightforward. So we offer everything from a proprietary standalone device. So we plucked down a device uh on your desktop and we only run Chinese mobile payment, or we can put Visa MasterCard on there as well. That's not optimal for a lot of retailers because of the the value of that retail space for them. Yep. A lot of them are, are more interested in, okay, how do I integrate into my existing cash register? The, the quick answer is that if we are already established and working with and in partnerships with most of the, or the largest processors in Canada, where our application can either run on their device, uh, coexist with their device in the application. We also work with third-party integrators, put, uh, to put our application uh, through them directly into the retail. So the integration part is very, very straightforward. It's not pain points that a lot of the retailers had to suffer going through in the past in the e-com world it, we can plug into shopify we can plug into any of the other uh, third-party sites or we go plug in directly into the back end for the um, uh for the retailer so we adopt to whatever the retailer wants uh and it's, it's relatively straightforward we're only talking about weeks rather than months we pride ourselves in the fact that if a retailer was to call me and say listen i want to be up and running." as quickly as we can we can actually have you up and running in a couple of days and this is the mm-hmm. beauty of, of qr code technology so you might say well how do you do that so we can literally come into your store and put a static qr code on the back of your cash register on our back end we have you onboard it to scan your qr code and it now turns their phone into the pos machine mm-hmm. and the transaction on their phone so we can i and dirty is kind of not the right phrase but if somebody wants to open up and rank super fast, we can do that while we work on the integration in the back end. So it's very, very straightforward, very, very simple to do, no major cost. But you don't have to, have to pay a third party to, to do any tweaking or anything like that. It's very, very straightforward.
0: And the, the, now there's a, merch, a fee to the merchants to, take, to do the transaction. Is it a percentage fee? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so it's so it's it's the, the business model is very similar to say Visa, Mastercard, uh, or Interact. Generally speaking, the uh, transaction rates that the merchant pays are lower than Visa and Mastercard, driven a, uh, a lot by the fact that the and I'm doing a bit of an air quotation here. The interchange rates with the with the Chinese mobile payment schemes is lower than uh, Visa and uh, Mastercard.
0: Now it is sometimes the case, depending on the the card the consumer pulls out of the wallet, you're going to pay a slightly different fee if you're using a, a conventional credit card. Is that the case with with WeChat and these Chinese payments as well?
1: No, uh, the only the only so it's 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 similar on brick and mortar. It's just more or less the same interchange rate on brick and mortar. There is one that differs on the e ecom hmm. with a higher interchange rate. They're all they're all public. It's public knowledge; you can Google them and see them, but not so. There's no fee for a point-based AliPay account or WeChat Pay account or or anything like that. No, it's the 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 closest analogy I would bring is is it's kind of like a quasi-interact in that because the transaction is coming out of a bank account, it's not coming out of necessarily a direct credit line.
0: Well, listen, you've answered in in what have we been talking about over just over 20 minutes? You've answered a lot of questions that I've had. Uh, you know, I've been a participant in uh, the opportunity, but it really had a lot of questions and, and um, you've done a great job of answering both the opportunity and, and the where. How do people get in touch with you if they want to pursue this a bit further?
1: Um, so they can reach me. The easiest way would be to reach me at uh, uh, Martin.McCann. That's M-C-C-A-N-N at O-T-T uh, dot uh, C-A.
0: All right. I'll put, I'll put that uh, in the show notes, as well, I put your email in the show notes as well, and, and uh, the connection to the website, so people can uh, learn more and, and uh, reach out and, and uh, continue the conversation. Well, listen, Martin, thanks for coming on the Voice of Retail and, and talking about this opportunity. It's wonderful uh, to have you uh, share that with us, and, uh, and I wish you much continued success. And uh, as we continue to explore these uh, opportunities for the merchants,
1: great, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Michael.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Voice of Retail. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the latest episodes, industry news, and all the insights. If you enjoy this episode, please consider leaving a rating and review so that we can continue to get amazing guests onto the show. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. And if you are looking for more content or want to chat, follow me on LinkedIn or visit my website at melablanc.co. Until next time, stay safe and have a great week.